0: Welcome to Murder in the Black with Steph and MD. to Murder in the Black. It is your host, Steph. I hope that you guys had a fantastic Thanksgiving yesterday, that you enjoyed friends and family and had good fellowship. But most of all, I hope that you ate good and got some good sleep after some good food, okay? So I want you to munch down on some good leftovers and let me tell you a story. I want you guys to know that we are diving into our next theme, which is betrayal and deception, So for the next couple of weeks, we will be talking about cases that involve betrayal. And I hope that you guys enjoy this theme. And then we'll slide into the next theme that was amongst the highest ranking out of the categories that I gave you. But let's get into our true crime case for the day. Today's case is about Donita Smith. I've entitled this episode, What You Don't Know can hurt you. When we catch up with Danita in 2007, she's 25 years old. And up until this point, she had been in school for about six years. And I know what you're thinking. Six years is a long time. Well, the one thing I want you to know about Danita is that outside of being beautiful on the inside and out, she was determined and ambitious. She knew exactly what she wanted professionally. So after graduating from North Carolina Central University in the undergrad program and receiving her bachelor's, she immediately applied for the graduate program to receive her master's in photojournalism. Now, I don't know much about photojournalism, but she was determined to make a big splash in that world. So she knew she had to hone her craft and perfect it as much as she could. And so she was devoted to gaining all of the knowledge so that she could excel in her career. And all of that hard work was paying off because she received a fellowship for the New York Times. And she was on an all-time high. Professionally, she was achieving her goals. And, you know, sometimes, usually, I want to say, That when you're on a high professionally, sometimes your personal life doesn't match or vice versa. But this wasn't the case for Danita. Danita was also excelling in her personal life. Just a couple of months to finding out that she was going to have a fellowship with the New York Times, her boyfriend, Jameer Stroud, of six years proposed to her. And she, of course, said yes. Jameer and Danita were the it couple on North Carolina Central University's campus in undergrad. Everyone knew who they were. They were the couple that were was always together. She was a member of Alpha Kappa Alpha, and he was a member of Alpha Phi Alpha. And if you know anything about those two fraternities and sororities, they naturally kind of go together because they're the first of the Divine Nine. But they also had this relationship that bonded them as well and everyone knew that they were just going to end up together so no one was surprised that they were together and Danita described their relationship as perfect there were no complaints about their relationship they got along very well and they were enmeshed with each other and although she stayed back in Durham where North Carolina Central University is found After graduating in undergrad for Jameer, he decided that he wanted to go to Greensboro, which is just a stone thrown away in North Carolina, and become a police officer. So everything was going well for the both of them. I mean, their careers were going in the direction that they wanted. They were both about to get married and plan a wedding and spend the rest of their lives together. Everything was perfect. Or so it seemed. But as many of us know that sometimes when the cat's away, the mice will play. And that's exactly what happened with Jameer. After Jameer became a police officer in Greensboro, he met a woman by the name of Shannon Crowley. Shannon was a single mother of two and she was a 911 dispatcher. Their relationship started off very friendly as it was natural for their paths to cross. By the end of 2004, their relationship turned sexual and they decided to pursue an affair. Shannon was aware of Danita and knew that he had no intentions of breaking up with her. But they both decided to pursue the affair despite him being in a relationship with someone else. And you would like to think that when someone enters an affair, they're fully aware of the expectations, whether they're said or unsaid, that these type of relationships bring. We're just here for sex. I'm not going to break up with the person that I'm with. Basically, you know why I'm here. But like it or not, feelings emerge from these type of entanglements, if you will. You feel feelings toward this person. You care for them. You might even start to love them. And this is what kind of happened between Jameer and Shannon. During the course of their affair, Jameer ended up purchasing a home in a nice residential area. And shortly after, Shannon moved into his neighborhood. And I'm not talking about a couple of blocks away, in the same subdivision as him. Then Jameer finds a new church home to attend, and by that next Sunday, well, Shannon and her two kids are attending that church. Coincidence? At some point throughout the fa- the affair, Shannon becomes pregnant, and there are two conflicting narratives to how the pregnancy was terminated. But we'll get into those details later. Just know that the pregnancy was terminated and that was the catalyst that led Jameer to ending the affair. Now, at some point after their relationship ended, Jameer attended a retreat at the same church. And the retreat focused on forgiveness, whether that was giving the forgiveness or offering the forgiveness. And the pastor encouraged all of the patrons that if they needed to have conversations to gain closure from a particular situation where they had wronged someone or where someone has had wronged them, he encouraged them to kind of like make peace with that and have those conversations. Jameer was convicted and he felt like he didn't handle things with Shannon the way that he should have. He felt like he kind of did her dirty and, you know, it just didn't go the way that he wanted. And so convicted, he called Shannon and they had a conversation and essentially Jameer told her, Hey, look, I am so sorry that I didn't act the way that I should have, that I started this relationship knowing that I was never going to, you know, get out of the relationship with Danita and I didn't treat you the way that you should have been treated. He asked for forgiveness and asked if they could just mend fences and be friends they both agreed to it. And the conversation went really well, according to Jameer. Shortly after this conversation where Jameer kind of like let bygones be bygones, put things to rest and asked for forgiveness. He brought Danita to church because he had just proposed to her and he wanted to introduce her to his church family. And it was at this Sunday church service where the pastor announced that Jameer had proposed to Danita and introduced her to the congregation. Well, Shannon was there at this service, and her feelings were hurt. On the morning of January 4th, 2007, Corey Smith, who was a resident and student at North Carolina Central University, was leaving the campus apartments to go to work. He left his apartment at approximately 10 a.m. and as he was leaving, he noticed that a bunch of personal belongings were scattered down the staircase. Then he saw a woman who was lying down on the stairs and due to her position, he felt like maybe she had failed. But as he got closer, he observed that the woman wasn't breathing. So he immediately calls 911, and as he's giving the 911 dispatcher all of the information, he's encouraged to see if there was any ID. He checks the ID, and the woman is identified as Danita Smith. She suffered a gunshot wound to her head that fatally injured her. Police immediately arrive on scene, and they are informed that a call had been made from the same campus a little after 8 a.m. that same morning. So as the police are investigating the case and collecting evidence, they talk to the maintenance man who is at the Campus Crossing Apartments, and he is the one who had placed the call around 8, 10 a.m. He said that he saw a woman Well, initially, he heard gunshots, but simultaneously, he saw a woman who was running away from the front of the 1100 building in the complex. He said that her hands were in front of her mouth and she was shaking and crying. And, of course, he asked her, was she okay?" And had she heard the gunshot? And she told him that she was afraid of guns. And he just, he didn't really understand what was going on because there was just a lot of confusion and she wasn't necessarily, you know, answering his questions. So he calls 911 because he doesn't know what else to do. But police don't arrive immediately on scene. And then once they get there, they don't file a report because they couldn't locate where the where the gunshot originated from. And then the woman that he had been speaking with Left. He described that this woman was tall. She was a black woman, around 5'10", with a ponytail, and she was driving a Burgundy SUV. Now, the officers knew that, okay, this has some type of correlation to Danita's murder, but they didn't necessarily know how it all fit. They called Jameer and Danita's family and informed them that Danita was deceased. Now, the police are really trying to figure out what happened because they have a lot of questions and not a whole lot of answers. So the police knew that they needed to talk to Jameer. That is her fiance. And he could, if anything, clue them into what was going on with Danita in the months leading or weeks, days leading up to her murder. So the police ask Jameer, where were you? And he tells them that he was actually asleep in his bed. He had worked the previous night and, you know, he wasn't there. He was at home in Greensboro. But as the police begin to tell, him a little bit more about the details of the case like that it was a woman and that she was driving a burgundy suv he tells the police that he believes he knew he knows who this woman was and he identifies shannon crawley now i've already told you that shannon knew about denita but the truth of the matter is is that denita had no idea what jameer was doing back in greensboro And according to Danita's friends and family, she absolutely did not know because if she had a clue or had an inkling that Jameer was cheating on her, she would have immediately dissolved that relationship because she had a zero tolerance about cheating. She wanted someone who would remain faithful. So she had no idea that Shannon even existed and she had never met her before. Well, Jameer was convinced that Shannon had something to do with this. So he told them everything that he possibly could about Shannon, that she was a mother of two, that she was a 911 dispatcher, and he had met her through his job. Jameer also admits that he had an affair with Shannon, but that it ended over a year ago prior to Danita being shot. So investigators ask Did Shannon and Danita have any interactions since this affair has been over with for about a year? And he admits that they haven't, not to his knowledge. They have never met. They've never spoke. But he also tells them that Shannon has some stalker tendency. He he mentions that she moved into the same neighborhood as him. She attends the same church as him. And that overall, she didn't really take the breakup very well. Investigators feel like they have enough information to go and confront Shannon and at the very least get her alibi to see where she was on the morning of January 4th. When confronted with the information, she tells investigators that she has had no interactions with Danita. She was aware of Danita throughout the course of the affair, but she has never spoke to her and that she saw Danita two weeks before at church when they announced that they were engaged. But other than that, she does not know her. She also admits that on the morning of January 4th, she was at home with her child and then she went into work later that day. Police ask if she owns a gun, and she says that she doesn't. And police asked to test Shannon's SUV. And they found gunshot residue on the steering wheel. Then investigators were approached by Shannon's coworker who told police that he sold Shannon a gun. Shannon was soon arrested and charged with first-degree murder. Before we get into the investigation, I want to clarify all the evidence that the police obtained. They knew that Danita died from a gunshot wound to the head from a thirty-eight caliber gun. The police also obtained Shannon's phone records that put her in Durham on the day of the murder. And they had her phone pinging off of a tower a quarter of a mile away from the campus crossing apartments where Danita stayed. Not only did they have the gunshot residue on her steering wheel, but they also had her co-worker who sold her the gun. So, all of this evidence compiled together made a very strong case for arresting Shannon for first degree murder of Danita Smith. While Shannon was in jail, she contacted her attorneys and the media and told them that she wanted to tell her side of the story. And this interview can be found on YouTube if you're interested. Essentially, she says that the day before the murder, her and her kids woke up to Jameer in her room. He then tells her to contact a babysitter and get the kids out of the way and somewhere safe. They proceeded to talk the entire night. And while Jameer was calm at times, he also became irate, complaining that Shannon left him. At 5 a.m., Jameer told Shannon that, She was going to come somewhere with him and they left in her car and that if she did not come, he was going to kill her and her children. She then said that Jameer made her drive to an apartment complex and he takes her keys and her phone and proceeds to get out of the car. She waits there in the car alone for a while, but then she hears him fighting with a woman. So she gets out of the car so she can get a better view of what may be happening, and that's when she claims that she hears a gunshot. Then she sees Jameer running to her car, and he immediately instructs her to drive away while he hid in the back seat. That is when she says that that maintenance worker approached her car, and Jameer tells her to drive off after she has that short exchange with the maintenance worker. Now investigators are paying attention to this interview and they think that it's plausible. Like maybe this could have happened, but they need more evidence to back this up. Well, Shannon was released on bail until her trial and she moved to Charlotte with her kids and her parents. And this is when the story gets interesting, because Shannon's parents said that it is at this point when she moved away to Charlotte that Jameer starts calling Shannon again. And indeed, it was not Shannon that was stalking Jameer, but it was the exact opposite. They claim that Jameer was so upset with Shannon for terminating the pregnancy that he ends up doing all the things, the the things that take place after. That was kind of the catalyst, that pregnancy. So as he begins to call her again, they tell Shannon, her parents, tell her that she needs to record these phone calls between her and Jameer, and she does just that. These recordings were played at trial. And the conversation goes like this. Jameer asks her, who have you been talking to? Shannon responds and says she hasn't been talking to anyone. Jameer says again, he knows that she's been talking. Shannon asks him, why is this happening? And Jameer tells her that it was because of her. Danita found out about Shannon and was pulling away from him. Jameer keeps threatening Shannon at this point and tells her that if she keeps talking, he would find her. Shannon responds, what, you're going to kill me too? And Jameer says, yes, you know, I'll do it again. So Shannon and her parents both felt like this was compelling information. And they thought it was enough evidence to suggest that Jameer should be locked up and that he only, you know, that he involved Shannon to cover up the fact that he was the person that killed Danita. So they got all these tapes and took them to Shannon's attorneys and they made copies. On February 8th, 2010, Shannon's trial began. According to the prosecution, their whole case was that Shannon was the stalker in the situation and her obsession with Jameer was fatal. That two weeks before when she heard that church announcement that Danita and Jameer were getting married, it sealed the fate of Danita. She knew that she was never going to be with him. And because of that, she felt like she needed to eliminate Danita so that the possibility of Jameer and her being together in a serious relationship would be a possibility once more. And I want to dive into the narrative of Jameer as it relates to the pregnancy between him and Shannon. Now, according to Jameer and the prosecution, Jameer was not excited about Shannon being pregnant, right? Like that definitely threw a wrench inside of his plans. But he heavily suggested that she terminate the pregnancy, but also said that if she decided to have the baby, he would be there and deal with the consequences and the fallout that would come from that. But, you know, of course, more than not, he did not want her to have that baby. So when the pregnancy was terminated, for him, that was the motivating factor to just end it. Like, now I have nothing holding me to you. And because of that, you know, and because of that, accompanied with the fact that she already had some stalker tendencies in the relationship, it proved for the prosecution that this was the motivating factor For her to hold on. She already had an obsession with Jameer. She already wanted more out of the relationship. Than what Jameer wanted. And so Jameer calling her. And asking for forgiveness. Only made her think that there was hope. So when she saw them at church. And they announced they were getting engaged. Well that was it for her. That obsession turned fatal. So. So. All of this evidence, along with the phone records, along with the maintenance guy getting up to testify that he did see indeed Shannon at the scene of the crime that morning and the residue on the steering wheel. All of these things. Right. And accompanied with the extra information I just gave you really made it hard for Shannon's team to have a defense. But their defense was the total opposite. Their defense is Jameer was the catalyst. And when it came to the pregnancy between Shannon and Jameer, that Jameer was pissed that she wanted to terminate the pregnancy. Because according to Shannon, he wanted to terminate that pregnancy. But she, I mean, he wanted to keep that pregnancy, but she indeed wanted to terminate it. So it was the direct opposite, right? And she wanted to end the relationship. And because he was angry because of all of these things, this is what led him to being in her home the day before the murder, actually using her as the cover-up, the fallout for murdering Danita. And their evidence that they brought to the table were those recordings that her parents begged for her to record so that they would have evidence that it was Jameer. He was the real killer. He is the one that should be on trial. Well, when they played those tapes on February 11th in court. The prosecution had an answer. They brought in a voice analysis expert who said on the stand that Jameer had a unique deep voice pattern. And because of that, in compare, in comparison to the person on the tape, that it could not have been Jameer. And they believed that, or the prosecution alleged that Shannon was trying to manipulate the jurors people involved and the people within the trial that it was really Jameer and she actually hired somebody to do those tapes and it was not Jameer at all well they gave all of this evidence to the jury to deliberate and to come back with a verdict what happened and they did they found Shannon Crawley guilty of the murder of Danita and she was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Now, Danita's mother had something to say. As you all know, there is a victim's impact portion when someone is murdered. And that family is allowed to get up and say exactly how they feel. And Danita's mother said, because of what Shannon did, there is a void. You took her away from me. Someday I may forgive you, but right now, I don't. And I hope you rot in hell. You're vile. You don't deserve to be a mother. I'd also like to say that when the judge handed out his sentence to Shannon Crowley, he not only spoke to Shannon, but he also spoke to Jameer Stroud. He said, Sir, you may not have killed Danita, but you sparked the flame that caused all of these things to happen. And he said, unfortunately, I'm not allowed to penalize you for starting this, but I wish I could. Because he believed that Jameer Stroud was the reason why they were all there and Danita was no longer there. Now, Jameer Stroud has never been charged with anything having to do with the murder of Danita Smith. Takeaway. So I have to admit to you guys that... I didn't recently watch a story about Danita Smith or nobody wrote in for a case suggestion. When I mentioned the theme of deception and betrayal, I immediately thought about this case. And I watched this case about Danita Smith on a Dateline episode about 10 years ago. And this case has seared itself on my mind. For the very reason that I mentioned at the end, the judge, what he said stuck with me because the truth of the matter is, is there is a bunch of takeaways that we can take away from this case. But the one that sticks out to me is that Jameer Stroud was the catalyst that created this to exist. He was the person who brought Shannon into Danita's world. He is the person who made a conscious decision to have an affair with Shannon, not knowing the risk and not knowing, yes, that it could possibly lead and that it did lead to the death of his fiance, someone he claimed he loved and wanted to have a relationship with. And the truth of the matter is, is that we often do not think about the consequences of the choices that we make. But you should, especially when you're asking yourself should I have an affair with this person and while yes it is a far cry to think that if I have an affair with this person this can lead to murder but the truth of the matter is and you can ask any true crime junkie oftentimes affairs lead to murder that is what they lead to they usually lead to murder and so it is just just honestly it makes me so angry That he did this because he didn't weigh the cost. He didn't weigh the cost. And it really encourages me and has continued to encourage me ever since I first heard about this case. Is that you should weigh the cost. You should weigh the risk of the activities and choices that you decide to participate in. Because you just never know what they'll end in. You never know. And I think this is the epitome of why that statement of what you don't know won't hurt you. I've heard that people use that quote before in, in relationship to if their man is cheating. Like, if I don't know about it, it can't hurt me. I don't want to know about it. But this proves the opposite, that Danita had no idea what Jameer was doing. Yet it had a profound impact on her life. It took it away from her friends, her family that loved her. It took away her dreams and the impact she could have possibly made on the photojournalism world. We'll never get to know about that. It's it it just it devastated a community. One choice. And it's sad that Shannon Crowley. Could not look past the love of this man, and she felt like it was worth killing over. I mean, I really want to know what you guys think about this case. I want to interact with you. So drop it in our Instagram, in our comment section, drop it on our Facebook fan page, drop it more importantly on the questions that you can actually type out a question, type out a response and let us know what you think. What was your takeaway from this case? But my heart goes out to the Smith family as for them this is more than a takeaway. This is a life that was taken away from them and I just want to send my deepest condolences to their family and to let them know that Danita Smith was, her life wasn't in vain. Her impact was left. And it has impacted me even 10 plus years later. I still think about Danita Smith. And it really encourages me to, you know, really think about what I'm, the choices that I'm making, because it impacts other people's lives in a major way. So let's go ahead and get into our polls and question for last week which was the troutman tragedies and i am so glad that you guys loved that episode we have gotten a lot of interactions on that episode and as i've said before sometimes when you release some stuff out into the world you never know how people respond to it but overwhelmingly you guys loved that so so happy that you did let's get into the poll question i asked what is your favorite genre of music 11% 11% of you said funk, 7% said rock and roll, 42% was classic R&B, 19% was so for R&B Motown in Philly, 3% of you said you love neo soul, 15% said hip hop, and I gave the option of trap music, which 0% of you said you liked. But hey, no biggie. I personally love all of them, but if I had to choose two, Yep, I'm gonna have to say two. My favorite would be classic R&B and neo-soul. I'm a fan, but I love all of them. And I didn't include country, but country is something that I really love too. So like, I'm just that person who loves all genres. I just love music, you know? So, so glad to know what you guys' opinions were on that poll. But on the question and answer section, I asked, what did you think about the Troutman Brothers' ideas in the 90s? And I was specifically talking about Roger's um, ambitions to go out on his own and kind of deviate from what he had been doing for the last 30 years leaving Larry to figure out what he should be doing um, you know now that his brother had new dreams new aspirations so one of you said DeWitt said this is a tragedy it had to be a financial motive motive it's sad And nobody really answered my question, but I will say that I couldn't get very specific because there's a character count and I had hit that real quick. So I'm guessing y'all didn't know what I really meant, but no worries. I just want to read a couple of the comments that you left. Chantel said, absolutely revolutionary. I love how they set the scene for what was to come. If they had still been alive, I'm sure we would have had way more jams. I wish they had more time. Sonia said, I'm a huge fan of Zap. So glad I found this episode. Brenda commented, my first concert, even without Roger, they put on an amazing show. Truly innovative band back in the day. Yes. So glad you guys loved that episode. Definitely continue to interact with us. That's how I know what you're thinking. And I hope you guys have a fantastic Friday and enjoyed this bonus episode this week. Make sure you share if you care this episode with friends and family. Until next time, friends, this is Murder in the Black.